0: Good morning. I believe very strongly that the healing is in this place. And it's funny that my message is saying, the time for healing has come. And I've been singing this song for the last few weeks. I got up one night, and I just had this song. And I don't know where this is. It's just like, time for healing has come. Time for healing has come. And I just just felt like that that time has come. And where... I want to really go with this is, I, I believe there's a move of God already on over here, okay? If you're waiting for a move, I have news for you, the move is already on. If you have not seen the uh, uh, worship today, the move is already on. A lot of people are waiting for stuff, you see? But I believe we, we are, it's already on. Last week, where we, there was a couple of times... God spoke something, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and then tie it in with my message. So, Pastor Lina said something about contending, right? And for some reason, that contending, and then we didn't know where to go. And I was sitting over there, and I was like, yeah, we need to contend for stuff, right? But like, in the time frame that we have, and for me to even allow my mind to even realize what, how much God wants to say and all, I, w- I just backed off, okay? And that's me, okay? But, but God really wants us to know, it's like, uh, I'm going to give you two scriptures, right? 1 Timothy six twelve says, so fight with faith for the winner's prize. Okay, fight. It's like, it's not saying just lay down, love one another. No, 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 it's saying fight. Fight with faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Okay, Jude 1, 3 says, dearly lovely friend, I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvation we all participate in, but felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for the beliefs that we cherish. Contend for the beliefs that we cherish. What are your beliefs? You see, we, we've come to this point in time where our belief system is being challenged. What do you believe in? How much of God do you believe in? What does the church have to? Your belief system is being challenging, and you have two options, give in, fall down, or you fight. That's it. You have nothing else. Everything else is like, you know, to, okay, to me it's like, I wore this for y'all, really. I wore this shirt and these shoes, and I don't even buy it for y'all, but it says champion, okay? The reason being is Jesus made us champions because of what he did for us. If you don't, you won't need scripture, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven. but thanks be to God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so first and foremost, we are champions. Now what happens, right, like all of you all were watching fights and you know, there's a champion who comes in and like he has to defend his belt, right? And so every time like we are in a battle against the enemy about whether we are standing in authority or not, whether we are walking in what God has called us to or we are not, right? The times when the belt gets taken from us, we become contenders. Do you see this? It's like either you're a champion and you're just standing in your authority or when you've basically been robbed, you say, okay, I'm down, but I'm going to come back again and I'm going to fight. I'm going to be a contender. In your worship, I'll put it in worship terms, you will be either like saying, whoa, Jesus, I just love you. You're amazing. Or you'll be like, Jesus, even though I'm like broken, even though I don't feel that anything move, I'm just going to love on you. That will be your contending, like that you're just saying, I'm going for it, I'm going for it, I'm going for it. You know what's the crazy part? In that same ring, means in that same arena, there are a bunch of spectators. (laughs) Spectators are doing nothing. That's the same thing in the church. I have news for you. Either you're contending, you're a champion, you're standing as a champion, or you're contending for something. If not, you're just doing nothing. You're a spectator. Think of it. Think of it. God, literally, as I was over there, I was like, okay, God, now how do you want me to put this? How can I sugarcoat this or whatever? He said, hey, in the wild. uh, How many of you know the scripture, the enemy comes to seek who he can kill, destroy, right? You know that scripture, right? Okay, now put it in Africa terms, right? There's this herd basically running, and who gets caught? Who does, no, 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 but it's the weak, but who's trailing behind? right, who's right at the back, who kind of decides, oh, maybe the grass is greener here, let me go chew on it. Those are the animals that get caught by the, by the lion, you see? So if basically we are in here and the, somebody decides to just stand outside, we wouldn't know whether that person is gone, what happened to that person, because we are just here, we are just worshipping and we're going, you see? That's how the church is. We have to, our focus has to be so much on Jesus that we basically are not going to deviate from that. We're just going to stay on that, nothing else is going to take our attention, not some greener pasture somewhere else, because what will happen is the enemy who's looking to seeking whom to kill and destroy will come and grab you. That, that's it, those are the only things that you have to understand of this. I, I, I watch cricket, okay, in cricket terms, it's kind of like there's a West Indian team, a cricket team, right? And they had not won the finals, but they basically won a semi-finals, defeated the strongest team, and then decided to sing a song. And they basically go like this. <laughs> they go, Izzy's a champion, champion. Jess is a champion, champion. Cammy's a champion, champion. And they just took everybody's name in that locker room and called each of them a champion, okay? They never won the final, right? They just, had just won the semifinal, but they basically put into these people's heart, saying, hey, we're called to be champions. You see, Jesus gave us, he said, a new commandment I give unto you, to love one another as I have loved you. What we do is, I love you, but I'm not going to celebrate you, Alicia. Alicia, if there's a great thing in you, I'm not going to call it. I'm just going to see what's your fault. No, Jesus didn't do that. He said, love one another as I have loved you. That means celebrate Alicia as he celebrates her. He, uh, God doesn't come and say, Alicia, mm, you did this, you did this, you did this. You see what I'm saying? It's like this is what the church has come into. We've become, that, we've become that, oh, I have to correct you. I have to tell you why you did this wrong. No, 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 no. But you have not celebrated me. Why would I allow you to correct that? Do you see what I'm saying? When I allow you to basically celebrate me, and then you tell me, hey, man, you got something on your face. Oh, your zipper is open. You'll be like, oh, okay, he has my back. I trust him. Do you see what I'm saying? We we have to, the church has to come to that maturity where we are celebrating each other. We are coming and saying, hey, you're a champion. You're a champion. You know, that has to be in our heart. That's like, boom, boom. Boom, boom, champion, champion. Like you're you're seeing others, you can see the fault. The beauty of this is it's in your heart to cover somebody else's fault. You see? Because you're seeing the goodness of God what he has given to you to be unto their lives. You see, as it is given unto you. Give unto others as it is given unto you. The time when we are not able to appropriate that, that same thing doesn't apply for our lives. You see? So in this... We we basically have that part of it. It's like, you know, I wrote this part. We are either established in our identity as champions and walking in our purpose and destiny, contending for our dreams and promises that have gotten stolen or taken. And sometimes the promises are stolen and taken due to our neglect. Because we didn't hold it. We didn't guard it. You see? And... and I have this message, and it's very funny because I know this healing is in this room, but I don't have to do it. You, you see, in a few years, I have learned that I don't rely on my anointing. I rely on the presence of Jesus. I, I, I just have to step back. And so even playing, like, you know, the Eye of the Tiger music doesn't bother me because I know Jesus is here, and all I have to do is just step back into him. I don't have to do anything. A lot of people rely on the anointing, and you know, the anointing can do, and it can make you feel good, it can make you feel excited, it can charge you up, but nothing like the presence of Jesus. What I can convey to you is a shadow of what Jesus has for your life, what he wants to talk to you. And so it's funny that because the move of God happened over here, the center portion of my message, I don't even have to, spend a lot of time trying to tell you. I bought by, mis- not mistake, I-, I just said, God, this is third page, okay? So I was thinking, I was telling court in the cars, like, man, I have so much that I could do, like, two messages, but, you know, we won't be there for a couple of weeks. I was like, how we do this? And, like, because of time, right? And I'm looking at it, and then when God basically moves, he says, hey, let me do this, you know? The second part that happened last week. I forgot who, either you said it, Alan, or somebody else, says God is going to do something new. You see, go to John chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. Most of this I'm going to paraphrase, because I feel there's an commissioning, there's an igniting, there's some kind of thing God wants to do, and I don't know everything, okay? So I'm just leaning on him in that sense, as God, what you want to do. So this story is the Pool of Bethesda, right? The Pool of Bethesda, basically, Bethesda is what? It's, they call it in Hebrew and Aramaic, house of mercy and grace. So think of it like this. In the Pool of Bethesda, they would bring all the sick. We tell people, hey, bring your sick to church. Hey, if you're sick, if you have a problem, come to church, right? Because there's healing over here. And then what happens? You have a move like this. You have a move like this, and then, Somebody gets healed, and we celebrate it, and we talk about it for days. Now, in this same place, in Bethesda, there's a man who's been coming 38 years, but he wants to get healed. There are people in our midst who want to be delivered, who want to get healed, but they're saying that there is nobody to help me go into that pool. I have news for you. The presence of Jesus is everywhere and anywhere you want him to, and he can touch you. The same Jesus who basically is stirring the pool, who's releasing angels to come and bring healing to you, is the same Jesus who can touch your mortal body and revive you. Easy prayed a prayer, which is very funny. Easy doesn't say revive us. When Easy prayed, Pastor Easy prayed, he prayed this today. He said, Revive us, God. Revive us. And that's when I knew I don't have to stress on the healing. I have to go to the revival part of it. So you'll understand it as we go. So, okay, so this man basically is waiting for. Okay, so we, this is where it is. We have a lot of people needing healing in the church, and once in a while we have a move where a few of them get healed. You see, you know what Jesus did to this man? He just said to him, He didn't lay hands on him. I have news for you the authority of Jesus, the authority of the word is able to heal every ailment, every sickness, every disease that you have. And I release that anointing right now of the authority of the Word, even into this camera. I release it and I say, be healed. I command it right now, be healed. That, that is what Jesus had. So in, people came, come to the church, right? And we're singing the song, Fill Me, he, he, I forget the words of the song, Fill me, heal me, and let me go to the the, all around me. I forget what the full, this thing. Do you you know what the song was? The last song. Yeah, so it's, it's basically that. It's saying, like, let me go with this to everybody outside. The church has come to a point where if we don't take this out, this is going to diminish. The new move of God, and this is what Jesus did, They were used to it for 38 years, at least given by the man who would come to that pool, that they were okay with that healing revival meeting once a year. They were okay with that. That's all they came for. They said, hey, we're doing what God's moving this. But now Jesus is challenging us. He's saying, hey, because the Pharisees did get offended. And he basically came and said, hey, I am the way. I am the truth. I I can be anywhere you want to go. So wherever you go, the church is going with you. You see, you have the authority. And and literally, it feels like, you know, I've been in this place where I'm like, and I feel so little. I feel so little. Who am I? Who am I to carry this? Who am I to tell people that you'd be healed? And it's funny is that, Ariel, you, Kat, I have news for you all. The compassion of God in your hearts is because you all have to move in healing. And, and you're, you're looking at me like that. You're, it's like, but it's true. When I had this message, I was like Ariel and Kat. I was like, okay, I'll just say what you tell me to say. But I have news for you. you. Don't look at how you're, because what happens is, right, we tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves that we have to do it. But because of the compassion of God or whatever situations you all have gone through, God is using that compassion to cause healing to come forth. Does it make sense? Uh, It will bring truth in you, and if it doesn't, you tell me. But, like, you know, I just want you to know that God is stirring you up. Uh, uh, Carla, your daughters, for some reason I feel, I do not know. Do you all want to prophesy? I do not even know your names. But I have news for you. The uh, the Spirit of God is upon you, and he's going to cause you all to prophesy. The prophetic is so strong about you all that it just was... (sighs) Prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. Like literally the daughters of Philip. I know his name is George, but you know, just saying. (laughs) His daughters of Philip. And George, I have news for you. The same presence of God. You'll be like, what do I have to do? Just carry the presence of God. You are a gateway. I do not know if you have got prophetic words before or how you think of it. I have news for you that God wants to use you as a man of the presence of God. You carrying the presence of God. Literally, people are going to come next to you just for your shadow to heal them. This is what God has for you. I know it's like, whoa, why would I tell you I'd give you something small? No, but carrying the presence of God because it's not about you. It's about his presence. His presence is able to do that. Jesus. Jesus. So this, right, new thing what God wants to do. Sometimes we, ha- like how Alan was saying, today what happened? It's not we're trying it. Yeah. See, the presence of God is here. We have to recognize the presence of God. Uh, we, we went, easy. <laughs> all of us went for that barbecue place. I forgot her name. What's her name? Tutsi Tomine. We went to, I forgot even the place. Snow's, correct. So we went to Snow's Barbecue and all, and on the way back we stopped at, uh, what's that? And I forgot the place, no, the ice cream must be heaven, so we went over there and we parked the car, and suddenly I'm walking out of the car, I see this person and I smile at her, and I just continue and and to me, it's like it, I, I had things I had things in my head I had to get achieved, I had to do, okay, but it didn't strike me until I walked into the chocolate uh, this uh, ice cream place and I am looking at this person and it's like, oh my God, I know this person. She was the person I smiled to outside and then she comes to talk to me. And she's like friends of ours, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm really sorry that I did this. What happened was I have not seen her for a period of time. When I have not seen her for a period of time, I just, in passing, I just acknowledged and I walked away. When we don't spend time in God's presence, you see, we like how we are saying, "Oh, maybe Sunday we spend time in God's presence." When we don't spend time in God's presence, our understanding of who He is, I'll just nod, I'll say, "Hmm," and I'll walk away. That's what we do, because we don't recognize His presence. A few weeks ago, there was such a presence in this room. I literally told Cole, from that wall to that wall was the crown of God in this place. So when I say that the move is already on, that God's visiting this place, he's not visiting, he's here to stay. Because that crown, that crown is here to tell you, this is my authority, this is my kingdom, this is my throne room. You see, when you're singing throne room songs, you you have to know that the throne room is already in this place. You see? And I want to tell you, I, I, okay, to me, how do I name this message? I'm going like all around the place. So I said like, okay, prophetic bulletin. That's a p- pretty good name. It's like, in a bulletin, you have point, 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 put it together and you will make sense to y'all. But, but I believe there's a voice of God that God wants you to know that, hey, he's in this place. It doesn't matter how you look at it, what you think of it. How would you recognize the presence of God. I have news for you. It's like you have to spend time in his presence. You see, it's, a lot of people spend time reading the word. And that's good. But when you want to know and feel the presence of God, you'd have to be in that presence. You have to worship. You have to say, Jesus, I just love you. And then suddenly you just know the presence of God just overtakes you. And you just are moved. Because that's how God is moving. You see, I cannot teach you another way that I do not know. It'd be like trying to teach you to swim and I don't even know how to stay afloat for, for five minutes. <laughs> hey, right? I'm like trying to find my feet on that uh, floor of the pool but and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, just jump on the deep end and you all go enjoy yourselves. I can't tell you that because I can't save you there. Do you see? I want you to f- go into that where you're like, hey, Okay, today I just came into the presence of God in this church. And this is what it feels like. So you have a sense. Hmm, this is what cake tastes like. Hmm. So I go the next day. And if somebody gives me a muffin, I was like, hmm, almost like cake. Can't taste like cake. (laughs) Hmm. They go to brownie. Hmm, not really cake, but sweet, good. You identify Come, taste and see that the Lord is good. What is this saying? Come, come, set yourself apart. Taste, taste of my goodness. See me face to face. And it's funny is that yesterday we were at a meeting and this prophet basically kept talking about 2 Corinthians 3.8, as we behold him, as we behold him. In that secret place, all you're doing is beholding him. When that presence of God came and I seen that crown, I just watched. I just watched. Because most of the time, our flesh wants us to do something. Can I be honest? Anointing and all this and all. You feel that you have to be a good steward of what God wants you. But I have news for you. If you watch the presence, he will tell you what you have to do. You just have to follow where he's going. And it's funny that there's a minister friend of ours, he told me one time, it's like, always watch around the corner what God is doing. Because where people are like, oh, God's healing and he's moving you, God has already moved. You're just seeing the aftermath of his presence. But he's already gone into that other place. And why I share this with you, I can keep this as a secret in my heart. I want you to move in that. I want you to have that awareness And seeing and sighting of, hey, God's moving. Hey, he's going there. Hey, he's going there. You see? You you will carry that very awareness. There is no person in this place who isn't able to sense God, who isn't able to taste God, who isn't able to move in the way God wants you to move. There is nobody. I'm sorry to tell you. You may think whoever you are, how bad you are. I have nothing against that, what all you did. Jesus says you still are able to move. You're able to taste. You're able to see. That blind man, that man who was crippled, every person in the Bible, it, they didn't ask, hey, are you saved? Oh, are you all your ducks in order? Everything good? No, no, no. God didn't ask you that. He just said, be healed. Take up your mat and walk. Hey. You know, see, that, that's how God is. He wants us to be aware of his presence. So, so to, okay, Chris, I'll pick on you. Nobody can see you in that corner, so you're good, you know. So, so Chris loves to go to the gym, okay. So during this lockdown, right, like what happened to the gyms? They all shut down, right? But people talk like this, right? I have to go to the gym. I have to. It's like that means if you didn't do it, mm, you're done. You're toast, right? I, I was listening to a podcast, and this guy is Steve Backlund. Y'all can go listen to him. Steve Backlund basically says, he's a pastor out of Bethel Church, and he says, What if you said, I get to go to the gym? I get to. Okay? So I'm listening to this podcast in my car. And all I suddenly do is like I'm going to work first day back to work. Okay? Hey. <laughs> dressing up and all it took longer than it took before. Because you know, you wear just t-shirt and shorts and go on the work from home and all. And now I'm dressing up. I have to dress up and go to work. And I'm driving in and I say, God, I thank you that I get to go to work. And as I said that, I just felt such thankfulness in my heart. I thank you, God, that you give me life. I thank you, God, that you've given me breath. I thank you, Lord, that you've given me the ability to even drive. You've given me even the car to drive. And suddenly, out of my mouth, started one thing cause thankfulness to come. And then it became so much, by the time I got to my parking lot, I was crying. That's not difficult, but you know, if you know me. But, but I want to tell you this, is what if you said, I get this opportunity today? To be in the presence of God. Same thing. What I'm trying to tell you is to get get a part with God. Don't look at it as a chore. Don't look at it as I have to because my muscles are crying out. No, 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 no. I get to. He's given us the breath. He's given us life that we may display his glory. I get to be a part of this move of God. You see, I, I, I listened to Tasha Cobbs last week, and when I was listening to Tasha Cobbs, I was like, "Man, I wish y'all could play this song for me." It's like you know, I have, I need a move, and this, and I was like, "Hmm." To me, as every time that song played, it just felt like we are the move of God. You see, we're looking for a move of God, but God just kept telling me, "It's like you are the move of God. You are the move of God." And you know, we look at ourselves very. You know, mm, you're not good enough or whatever. But I have news for you. God's look doesn't look at you like that. Yeah. He wants you to know that you are the move of God. Yeah. So in this move of God, uh, we basically have a choice. I, get, I have to, where you f- feel that you have to read your Bible, and you don't end up reading your Bible. Right? Can you acknowledge that at least? No, because we we make right we make those 365 day plan and all, and then we're like, ah, and when I look at oh like I only got 12% done of the year, and we are like on 30% or 35%, and I'm like, hmm, bad, bad, bad. Because I look at it from the perspective I have to go to the gym. Now you have this choice. I get to be a part of the move of God. Until you don't have skin in the game, you become a spectator. You see, the, the champion and the contender are fighting for the belt, fight for the great prize. You see, spectators have no skin in the game. Maybe they betted on the side, but I, in terms of winning the victor's crown, you have nothing in the game. What does it matter to you then? You see? But when you say, I get to go in the ring every day and establish my authority that God has given me and walk in complete healing and wholeness and let divine healing come wherever I go, that wherever I walk the dead will rise. Wherever I walk the blind will see. Whatever I look at also, they will come into alignment with God. Every mental condition will come into alignment with God because God has given me today that I get to go and do what he wants me to do. You see, you have it in you. Nobody else can take it from you. You can only decide, here, I lay my crown down. I lay my belt down. Either you fight or you surrender. You have only two options. You're either fighting or you're surrendering. So, every time when we are looking at people, right, we are looking and say, Hey, let me pull you up. Why? Because you're a champion. Hey, you, you feel down and out today. You know why I sometimes feel I do this? Because I feel that when I've fallen down, somebody will come and grab me and say, Hey, cut up. Get up. Today was funny because I went right up in front. I, you know, okay, if you think of healing, I love to lay hands on people. You know, because, hey, according to what God gave me, the time of healing has come the time for me to step into my authority of healing and move into the things of God, I said basically, yes. I said yes. The hineni, you know, hineni, how would I say it? What's the proper English for that? Here I am, Lord, send me. Okay? So I basically stepped into that hineni today and I just said, hmm, this is what I have to do. I'm moving in that healing. That's my calling. That's my authority. That's where I basically move, I function, I thrive. Okay, and I basically decided to walk from there. First, I just came and stood at the side over here. I said, you know, there are other people who are more needy of me. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, but when in a move of God, you kind of have to just say, you know what? What if I have to yield? And then Alan said, yield also later. I just walked up to front. There was a spot next to David, and I went over there, and I just stood, and I just put my hands up, and I said, okay, God, I'm here for healing, even though I have to minister. I had to minister today, and I was like, is that a show of weakness? To some people it is. Be honest to yourself. You think that if you ask for prayer that you are weak? We need each and every one in this place. So when I feel that I am down and out, I am able to just stand and just say, okay, God, these people will pick me up, they'll pray for me, they'll do whatever. David came and prayed for me. And I was like, hey, that's cool. You see, sometimes we have to be ready. We cannot be a lake. You know what a lake is? Just take, 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 take. And then everything in that is dead, 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 dead. (laughs) You are called to be a river. A river. A river is always moving. A river is always doing. Whether you're receiving it from tributaries, you're receiving it from another major river, it doesn't matter. We are called to function in the fullness of the river. You see? So each of us in this place, even though we are, oh, we are done, so okay. Sorry, we have, to, okay, I'll, I'll change my course because I have like two minutes. <laughs> the one thing that I want you to do is create an upper room in your heart. An upper room is where, today is, by, if you don't know, in Hebrew calendar, today is your Pentecost. Okay, it begins Pentecost. Where's Victor? We were, yeah, we, we basically were talking about it. Today is Pentecost. In that sense, in Hebrew, Did you, yeah. And, and so, uh, Monday onwards, Monday is when they celebrate Pentecost onwards. Creating an upper room in your heart reminded me of the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings 4. Okay, the Shunammite woman basically just created a room for the prophet, Elisha. Elisha is, God is my salvation. That's his meaning. And he, she created a room for the prophet. And then when the prophet was wanting to do something good for her, like Jesus was wanting to do something good for you, she, she didn't want it. But in the upper room, God knows the desires and destiny of your heart, that he wants to give it to you. That, that's, that's where it is. Your prophetic destiny is in the upper room. That's where God says, hey, you came here. I'm glad you came. Can I share my heart with you for your life? That's how God is. He wants to do that. In the upper room when the promise of God was given, when you go over there, the fire will come. He didn't really tell them what's going to happen. He just said, collect in the upper room. When we go into that upper room, the promise of God is always active. It's always there. You may not feel it. You may not feel that you're causing revivals. But in that upper room, the revival to the nations is always there. All it takes is for you to get back into that place. All you have to do is jump back in and just say, hey, God, the destiny that you poured on my life, the son, the child you gave me was in this upper room. He said, you gave me hope. God never takes away his hope. He is the hope. He is the hope for the nations. So if he gave you nations, you think he'll take away the hope? No. No. He is able if you meet him in the upper room. So stand up right now on your feet. This is where I feel that you get an opportunity to go and meet God in the upper room. Can you go and meet him in the upper room of your heart? What is the destiny? What is the plan for your life? What is the details of your life in that upper room? God is calling you to come taste and see because what you behold, as you behold, it will unfold in your life. As you behold. So even right now, right now, the spirit of healing is here. And so we release it over every head in this room, every head in this room, Fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. oil. That from this place you go out and your very presence is going to carry healing. You will not doubt. You will not doubt. You will just say that this is what God has done for you and this is why you are healed. By his stripes you are healed. Each and every person in this place. Do not disregard yourself. Do not disregard yourself. Right now in Jesus name we just release that. We release that. The church on the move, church on the move, watching Jesus go into every place, into every territory, into every area of life, into every office, into every building, because of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Father, even right now, we just release that to God. We just release that to God. And we just say, oh God, that Lord, We get to participate, O God, in the greatest move. We get to participate in the greatest move, in the greatest revival of times to come. We get to be the very person, O God, carrying that flame. Even though we feel that it's little, O God, we are going to carry that flame, O God, and we are going to be a city upon a hill. We are going to be a city upon a hill, O God. And we just say, O God, we get to walk in today. We get to walk in our divine destiny. We get to move and live and have our being in you. So, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, O oh God, that you causing us, O oh God, to be in your presence, O oh God. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, O oh God, we delight, O oh God. In your presence, O oh God, we are made whole. So, we just thank you, thank you, thank you, O oh God.